0: There was a quote that I heard from Business of Homes, Future of Home Conference a couple of years ago. And a guy said, you're in the intimacy business. You create moments with textures, colors and objects. Tell a story so powerful that people know right away that you are the best fit for them. And I just loved that quote. I thought it was so helpful because oftentimes you go on interior designers sites and you go to their about page and it all reads the same. So it's how can you add in your personality? How can you really niche down on how you design to stand out?
1: You're listening to Brand Lift with Tori Sikama where each week we demystify branding, marketing, and business to help you get seen, get published, and get booked by dream clients. I'm a beach-loving mom from the Jersey Shore who quit her full-time gig and picked up a camera. Six months later, I was published in six different magazines for my interiors and branding photography, launching me down a path to booking clients who love me Needless to say, I'm obsessed with all things branding, marketing, and design. Now I'm bringing my 20 years of marketing expertise and my passion for photography and design to help you get in front of your dream clients too. I'll talk about the real struggles of being an entrepreneur, creating a brand that people love, and how to set yourself apart and grow your business quickly. If you're a photographer, interior designer, architect, builder, or you just love all things design like me, grab a martini and get cozy as we gather to get real about your brand identity, numbers, marketing, and more. So you get seen, get published, and get booked. Get ready to give your brand a facelift with Brand Lift. Welcome to Brand Lift, where we demystify all things marketing so you get seen, get booked, and get published. I'm Tori Sikama and today I'm so excited to have my good friend, Megan Shanley, who's going to talk to us a little bit about what she does. Before I dive into introducing her, I do want to say that Megan and I have become fast friends. We were introduced by one of our friends, Deb Foglia. You might know her from Seeking Lavender Lane, where she transforms this incredible farmhouse into so many DIY projects. And she's so talented. And now she's doing it again with a new house in Pennsylvania. So Deb, shout out to you. Thanks for introducing (laughs) us. But the introduction didn't stop there. We've met for the best almond croissants at the French (laughs) market Market in Colts Neck, New Jersey, where we both reside in Monmouth County, Central yep. Jersey, girls. Gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> and we also had fun at Kip Space Show House recently in New York, where Megan was supporting one of her interior designers who she'll talk about in a few moments, but we took a very famous selfie in the bathroom. So it was very hot up there, wasn't it? Yeah. But we had fun. We always find a way to have fun. Well, now I want to give you a little bit of information about Megan. So I want to introduce her formally and properly as she so graciously is taking time out of her schedule to join us on Brand Lift. So, with over a decade of public relations experience, PR consultant Megan Shanley specializes in working exclusively with interior designers to elevate their names, share their stories, and get their work published in national, regional, and digital media. She works closely with designers to hone in on key messaging to find their ideal clientele and grow their credibility through strong media relationships, creative storytelling, and strategic public relations strategies. Throughout her PR career, she has worked alongside iconic design luminaries such as Sasha Bykoff, the young designer behind the famed Kipps Bay, Memphis Milano-inspired staircase, the quintessential British Designers Plain English and their New York City debut, the luxurious hand painted wallpaper brand De Gournay and their collaborations with Bergdorf Goodman and Aquazura, and Hollywood's go to interior designer, Bridget Romanex, Romanex's vintage inspired furniture line with Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams. Megan started Evergreen PR in 2022 after working at both boutique and large-scale PR agencies and missing that true connection with clients. Megan works one-on-one with interior designers to feel seen and heard, have their work celebrated, and their business goals supported. The experience is collaborative, educational, and sustainable for long-term success. And I just have to tell you, I'm so thrilled, Megan, for you to be here. Welcome to Brand Lift.
0: Thank you so much. It's so weird hearing myself be talked about in that way. Who is that girl? (laughs) Who is she? Who is she? Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely.
1: You know, PR is such a personal endeavor, And I know that working with interior designers, capturing their beautiful designs with my camera and seeing it framed through my lens, I know that every interior designer has that goal of their work being seen and getting published, to have that credibility, to have that sense of my designs are out in the world to share and to be celebrated. And you help people do exactly that. And so I think it's really critical. And I know a lot of designers are going to be listening to this and really appreciate you coming on to help demystify all of it for us. So we're going to dive right in with some questions for Megan. First off, what does your ideal, what is the avatar of that ideal client that is hungry to work with you? What do they look like?
0: Yeah, definitely. So First and foremost, there should be a connection. There should be a mutual trust. There should be a respect level between the two of you. There should be a good camaraderie after you meet face to face or over a Zoom like this. You want to be responsive. You want to provide your publicist with stories when you can. You want to share your experiences. Are you going to Roundtop, Texas and shopping for antiques? Are you going to Paris to shop the flea market there? You know, we want to. Then promote your authentic story and turn your experiences into thoughtful pitches. So if you're noticing a trend, tell me. If you find that all of your clients are asking for something, we want to know. Take pictures at all of your trips. The more you share, the more content we have to pitch, and then the more coverage we can then get for you.
1: I love that. I truly believe that it is all about your story. What sets you apart? What's your special sauce? And I do believe that sharing that out loud, if you will, is such a great connector. It's a way to humanize a brand, a person, and so people can have that relatability factor with your clients. I would imagine that's important.
0: Yeah. I mean, there should always be a conversation. Obviously, it's my job to educate and teach you about the changing media landscape. But at the end of the day, there should always be a conversation. You should be comfortable enough to say when you want more of something, when you want less of something, if you're very keen on a particular publication. Those are all things that are super important to me. So if I'm hearing
1: this correctly... The avatar of your dream client is someone who makes those connections, not only with you and helping you tell their story and their brand story, but someone who has an excitement to work with you. There's a camaraderie. There's a connection between you, a synergy. And obviously, someone willing to put the work in. Completely. It's important, though, because you need that information to help tell their story. Absolutely. Well, there are, as you know, so many assumptions about what marketing is, what PR is, but also advertising. So when you break it down to the basics, to the core, what is PR
0: and what is PR not? So when you break it down to the basics, PR is essentially how people read, how they see, how they hear and experience your brand. It's basically what creates that buzz that people talk about, that intangible buzz. So it influences people to like you, to follow you on Instagram, or to buy your service as an interior designer. It's essentially like one of your friends telling another friend why they think you're so amazing. You know, you're going to naturally trust and want to try a service that a friend or someone that you would admire even is going to vouch for. PR, at the end of the day, helps you find the right people by sharing creative, compelling stories with beautiful interior photography that ultimately connect your work with your ideal client. So it's important to know that PR is not guaranteed because you are organically pitching these stories. PR is also not marketing, which is focused on promoting your service. It's not affordable advertising, what you're certainly paying a publicist, but that is a fraction of what it would cost to advertise in one of these big time magazines. So PR is actually what we call earned media. So it's organically pitching a story and having an editor or a magazine want to share that story with their readers. PR is also not going to get you new clients. It is definitely not a one hit wonder or a fast track to success. PR is cumulative and it takes time. And I always like to tell people that it is really all about focusing on maintaining a positive reputation. Public relations at its core is the overall brand experience. So brand awareness, it's word of mouth, pure recognition, it's social proof, clout, prestige, all of these like intangible benefits that can't be measured, which is Super frustrating if you're a numbers person, but there is rarely a direct return on investment. It does happen. I will say I've had designers come to me and say, this resulted in a client call two days after the story ran, but it is very rare, I will say. Successful PR will increase that word of mouth over time when done right and consistently. It's going to drive new client inquiries. You will start targeting the right client for your firm. You will be able to bring on new trade accounts. You can increase the traffic to your website, boost Instagram engagement. You can even increase your fees since you now have this proof that you are vetted and shared by these big time magazines. It's going to give you some new marketing material to use in your newsletter and your blog and Instagram. And ultimately, it's going to help you in any larger business endeavors down the road too. Wow. So that is
1: a lot and very well said. And I just want to distill it down again and just make sure I'm getting everything of what I heard. So as we know, there's a lot of assumptions, marketing, PR, and advertising. So breaking it down, marketing is more of your website. It's more of how your brand functions. So marketing is your social media feed. It's your Pinterest account. It's how you connect with your newsletter. It's all of those connections in content and just having a footprint. So marketing is having a footprint through those means, websites, social media, Newsletters, connecting, growing your audience. Exactly. PR is the experience for your brand. It's creating buzz for your brand. It's influencing that design world. It's being like an influencer for the interior design community. It is about having. Earned media, some organicness, growing your reputation, but it is not guaranteed. So the million dollar question is I guess, is there a direct return on investment for PR?
0: Yes and no. <laughs> So yes, if you value, if you're someone that's going to value these very intangible benefits of PR, like prestige and peer recognition and general brand awareness, that's consistently over time going to grow that word of mouth, then yes, that is a direct ROI. But if you're a numbers person, it's going to be a lot harder to understand that. And then don't get me wrong, there are ways to measure with numbers. I mean... You can look at the digital unique visitors traffic to a website or look at how much it costs to advertise on a quarter of a page in a magazine and compare that to where you were organically featured. So there are those ways to give context, but in terms of return on investment, it's really all about those intangible benefits.
1: And it is not guaranteed. So all the work that you do with designers providing, you know, a story, a context for their design work. Beautiful photography
0: obviously also helps, right? Yes. But it's not guaranteed. No, it's not guaranteed. I mean, I always like to say at the end of the day that behind these glamorous magazines and these big name editors that they are people at the end of the day. And unfortunately, we can't control them. They also have Deadlines to abide by and different content themes and things like that. So advertisers that they got to get in there that are required. So it's hard to control that at the end of the day. But there is strategy behind PR, that being said.
1: And I would think also that editorially, knowing what their editorial calendar is and matching, you know, having something that coincides and complements what they're doing editorially,
0: Yeah. The idea is to be a source for them. So you want to go to them knowing what their editorial calendar themes are. You want to go to them having some basic knowledge of what's going on in the industry and how it relates to your client. Excellent. That's tremendous
1: information. And I know that everybody listening, this is a tremendous education. So thank you, Megan. So what is one thing most publicists want
0: potential clients to know? Great question. So Since I've started Evergreen PR, I've connected with several other super smart publicists that have also gone out on their own in the design industry. We find, we've talked about a bunch of things and we find it always comes back to this educational component for clients. And that is that press takes time. It is so common that designers come to us and think that it is, you know, within a month, we can turn around these huge timely features. And that is just not the case. There is a reason that it is called public relations rather than advertising. You are relating to the public. So I think that we, like I said, that we forget that These editors are people at the end of the day and they can't be controlled. So you have to learn how to become, or my job is to learn how to become a source to them and to take your beautiful photography, to take your design aesthetic and your expertise and turn that into a source for these designers or for these editors and also for the readers. So no,
1: that's great. What I got out of that is press takes time. Yes, I know that when I'm working with clients, part of my process and my questionnaire that sometimes gets filled out (laughs) is what are these images being used for? Are they for your website? Are they for your marketing, meaning websites, social media, or is this something that you hope to work with a publicist or a PR firm to help get you published? And if that is so, the one thing I share with them is radio silence. It takes time, right? Exclusivity, I would imagine, is a big part of the process.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are times when it has happened very quick because the story just makes so much sense for a particular publication and their reader. But then there's other times where it's taken four months six months. If you're talking a print magazine, it could be almost a year and a half sometimes. So it really does take time. I mean, earned media, which is organically pitching these stories, you're not paying for it, is the result of super strong storytelling, consistency, strategy, being very intentional about the story you're telling, and also my relationships too. I always think it's fun or interesting to tell interior designers or clients that I've worked with that editors will actually file pitches away that I've sent them. If there's a particular image that they like, they won't tell me this, but they will file it away if they resonate with a particular image or like a certain angle that I've pitched. And I will receive a response from them, probably like no exaggeration, like four months later, on like a random Tuesday at like eight o'clock at night with like a full story opportunity. So you never know when an editor is going to need something in a timely fashion. So it really is all about consistency and just taking that your messaging and your story and consistently pitching it in different ways over multiple channels over time. So, and we're going to get into more of this. So you have a
1: client and you're preparing them that there's going to be a silence time, right? We're going to pitch this to XYZ editor and we're going radio silence with it for X amount of time. Yep. So when these editors might file your images and pull them out and you get that email at eight o'clock at night, what happens if that image has been on social media or is on their website in their portfolio, is that going to hurt the designer's chances of getting that image published?
0: Yeah, I get this question a lot. It might, I mean, I always say, I mean, it is 2023 going to be 2024. Social media, Instagram is like everything these days. And also you're a designer. You wanna use the work that you've spent two years working on and spent all this money photographing with you. To put it out in the world and try to get new clients and show what you can do and your capabilities. So I totally understand the want to put it on your website, put it on Instagram and share it with the world. That being said, it really depends. I think if I'm pitching an exclusive home tour, I'm going to want to hold off on sharing it on the website or on Instagram entirely until we've kind of visited each of those heavy hitters like Architectural Digest or Elle Decor or House Beautiful first and gotten that feedback. And then once we've kind of gone past that and we've visited some other publications that we've considered that might be a better fit, then we can start to play with, okay, you can release like one photo on Instagram here. You can put the project on your website. And I always like to say, if it does become a problem, then we can always remove it from your website. It's very simple and easy to do that. Or archive photos on Instagram. You can archive photos and put them right back up in your feed. So, you know, I really don't see it as a huge problem. I think off the bat, it might be good to wait for just a bit. But, you know, if it's taking a lot longer than we expected, then it's fair to kind of start sharing them with the world.
1: Okay. No, that's helpful. And I know it's helpful to... All the designers listening, because that is a big question. The embargo period of radio silence. So what does a successful PR strategy look
0: like for an interior designer? Great question. You want to ask yourself, what do you want your clients to know you for? So you want to get really narrow on your story. Try to avoid generalizations if you can. Add in pieces of your personality, show that off. A great question to ask yourself is, why do you do what you do besides making money? I always think that's such an interesting answer and good time for self-reflection. There was a quote that I heard from Business of Home's Future of Home Conference a couple of years ago. And a guy said, you're in the intimacy business. You create moments with textures, colors, and objects tell a story so powerful that people know right away that you are the best fit for them. And I just loved that quote. I thought it was so helpful because oftentimes you go on interior designers' sites and you go to their about page and it all reads the same. So it's how can you add in your personality? How can you really niche down on how you design to stand out?
1: When you were saying that creating moments with textures, Colors and objects, I immediately got a visual in my head. And I almost feel like if a designer can paint a picture in someone's mind with words, you know, that's what I try to do with photographs. We're telling a visual narrative, right? There are no words. So, how can a designer kind of walk someone and paint that picture, that visual narrative for them in their head, verbally? (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking care of the visual part of it, but how can they translate that in words where someone makes a connection?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it helps. I think oftentimes designers feel like they're too in it, so to speak. So there are a lot of great branding specialists out there that do just this, and they can work with you and ask these really nitty-gritty questions to kind of get down to the basic level of what you do.
1: Well, and photography is a big part of that. And so talking to designers, what is it that they need professional photography for, and what do you need
0: to pitch an editor a story for a project? Super important. So once you have your story and your messaging down, then you want to make sure you have the professional photography to support that messaging and that that those line up and match each other. Photography is and will always be your biggest selling tool, whether it's for PR, for your own channels, for advertising. When it comes to PR, one thing to keep in mind, if you're hoping to pitch a full home tour, you should have a minimum of 20 to 25, if not more, photos, including all the major rooms of the home. That includes horizontal shots, vertical shots, shots that show how the rooms relate to one another. When you think about how a home appears in a magazine, each spread should feel very distinct, right? So there should be a mix of straight-on shots and vignettes, a few things that editors have told me that are just little tidbits, and I'm sure that you could probably school me on all the little professional photography tips, but try not to cut off any leg chairs when you're taking a straight on shot is super important. And I know all the design publicists will say this, but shoot with the lights off. Yes, for sure. Yeah, always. It's easy to forget, but it's super important. You don't want your photos looking too real estate which happens sometimes. And also a good thing to remember is when you're putting together your shot list for your photographer, someone like you, and you're planning on pitching this to media, you want to make sure you capture like the really interesting stories, right? So if there's a super cool art gallery, you want to make sure you capture that in a great way. If there was a sofa that was upholstered in grandma's vintage fabric from childhood, you want to capture that. You want to capture the photo in the photos, the stories that you will then be pitching to the media.
1: That's wonderful. You know, I have to ask, have you ever been at a photo shoot to kind of, you know, help your clients? Or I would
0: think you'd be an invaluable resource on a photo shoot. I think it'd be amazing. I've been to one and it was super fun and exciting, but just one. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, I think really it's just there being for moral support than it is anything because I do want to respect the photographer and that you know what you're doing and you have all of these rules and tips as well. So yeah, I think it's really just a good chance to be there for support.
1: Well, one thing I can say, and I'll echo exactly what you said Is the planning and knowing the shot list and knowing those grand scenes and those details are so critically important. And it's so funny that you said legs of chairs. I was photographing a pass through shot. So you talked about how one room informs another and kind of leading your reader, right? Because at the end, it is all about their audience and their readership. It's not about you or me or even the designer. It's about the publication's readership and audience and what's going to connect and resonate with them. But some of my favorite shots are those shots that go from connecting one room to the next, and one shot is informing the next shot. And so we had a dining room, and you know this shot from the entryway vertical going in, you know, you see the door frame, you see a little bit of the stairway and the legs of the chair just were not in the right place. And I'm backing up and it was a tiny little house and I'm backing up and I'm backing up and I don't want the image to be distorted, right? I want to stay at 24. So I'm like, I'm pushing the chair in. I'm like, I just need a little more to get that. So that there is, people can visually see that there's an end of the chair and a beginning of the carpet and then a beginning of the wood floor. It all kind of rolls into one another. So I love that you said that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're just like little things. Yeah. Silly
1: things to the designer standing there wondering what is taking so long. (laughs) Yeah, I know. and. For sure, if it's the designer's very first professional photo shoot, these days are long. They're fun. They can be fun. They can be painful if you haven't done the work ahead of time to know the stories, to have those informed shots. If your photographer doesn't know how to tell a visual narrative, then it can really, I'm sure, on your end be very painful when. Your client then comes to you to say, here's my pictures. And you're like, uh, it's not telling me a story.
0: (laughs) I mean, I do believe that there is, I mean, as it's spoken like a true publicist, there is always a story to be found. You just have to (laughs) write questions, but. (laughs) Touche, touche, good one. That was good.
1: Talk to me about, so. I teased about it in the beginning at Kips Bay Show House this year in New York. You and I were in a bathroom, a very beautiful bathroom, taking a phenomenal selfie, if I do say. But can you talk about that very important client of yours, very talented client?
0: Yes, so that actually ties into what we were just saying about a successful PR strategy. So once you have your messaging down, once you have your photography all set, then it is my job to then pitch out these stories, right? There's so many different ways to pitch a designer's work beyond just home tours and full features of a home, right? Once that those are all set, I harness the power of storytelling through different types of pitching. So there can be your home tour feature, which we often talk about, like the big be-all end-all for a designer. Then there's also one room features. If there's a dining room or a living room that stands out, in a great way. Maybe you have a before photo that you can show a before and after and turn that into an entire story. There's what we call in the PR world service stories, so which is essentially a how-to story. So how to choose a paint color in a dark room. There's database stories, which insert your work into the news cycle. So During COVID, you know, when everyone was turning their dining rooms into home offices or their garages into gyms, you know, what percentage of people in the U.S. are doing this and how can we show that through imagery and your expert thoughts? There's also profiles where we're talking about you as a designer and your background and how you approach design, where you're definitely going to be showing a headshot of yours. There are podcasts now, there's YouTube series now, and there's also like little puff pieces here and there where it's like five minutes with or a morning routine and things like that. So I think it's important to know for a successful PR strategy that you are showing up In multiple different ways over multiple different channels, consistently over a long period of time. And that is what we call the secret sauce.
1: Wow, that was a lot. So let me distill that down for my audience. So, expanding your definition, your understanding of what media is to expand to other channels like a one room feature, a before and after a service story that could be like a how-to or like Sherwin-Williams. I'm thinking of paint colors, right? Because they just announced their paint color of the year. So how to incorporate that color into your room, maybe. Yeah. Database stories, love that. Profiles, podcasts, YouTube channels, Oh my gosh, that's incredible. You know, I think about YouTube channels and the person that I admire right now is Sophie Patterson. She's a British designer and she started a YouTube channel. It's amazing. And I think it took a couple of years to really grow it to where it is now. But wow, is it paying off dividends for her content? I'll have to check it out. That sounds cool. Definitely. I highly recommend it. And something else that you talked about is consistency. Can you give us a little more information about maybe one of your clients that has been consistent and has seen success in being consistent?
0: definitely. So going back to the client that you were mentioning at the Kipps Bay Decorator Show House. So one of my very first clients is Ahmad Abouzanat. So he's based in New York City and now also in Texas. We worked together for about a year. And by the end of that year, I landed him on House Beautiful's Next Wave list. We had secured three home tour features, over 25 press mentions, And he participated, like I just said, in the Kips Bay Decorator Show House. And he was also named as a design visionary by Christie's International Real Estate Magazine. So he first came to me to build general brand awareness within the interior design industry. He wanted to establish his name as an up and coming designer on the scene. So I positioned him as a designer that was dedicated to crafting modern yet elegant interiors with functionality at the forefront and known for designing homes in iconic New York City buildings where he had done projects before and calling those out. So that was sort of our what we wanted to focus on and the messaging that we maintained throughout all of the pitching that we did that ultimately led to House Beautiful Next Wave and being named as a design visionary. So that is just the power of consistency over one year's time and what you can do with that.
1: That is amazing. Congratulations to both of you. And I have seen his designs. I've stood in his design. Beautiful. Just absolutely stunning what he can transform a space.
0: Yeah, he's so talented. He's the best. Um, So humble and really, really talented. Yes,
1: extremely talented. Well, that is an incredible case study. And thank you so much for that. We talked about secret sauce and... What differentiates you at Evergreen and Megan Shanley
0: from other PR agencies? Great question. I think that there are a lot of really great design publicists out there. We all have very different niches. And I think that's great. I think that's what helps the industry. Some work with designers and influencers, Some only take on project placement where they're just pitching one-off projects. Some work with larger home brands. Some specialize in a particular category like very sustainably forward businesses. I only work with interior designers, so there have been exceptions that I've taken on, but when it comes down to it, I only work with interior designers. And that is why I started Evergreen PR because I love that part of it. I love the one-on-one like this. So it really, at the end of the day, it's just me. I don't have a team to delegate things down to. It all comes down to me. And I love that. I'm super invested. You know I'm invested. I will be your biggest cheerleader. So, And I only take on a certain amount of clients. So I'm not like overloaded and I can do my best work. To answer your question, I really don't think that there is a secret sauce. I think there's so many talented design purposes out there. And really, if you're an interior designer, I think it's about aligning yourself with the one that you connect with, not only on a personal level, but that aligns with your brand and your firm.
1: That's great. And it really is about Relationships and establishing a rapport with your clients. I know I say this to my clients all the time. I see them flip flopping, you know, using multiple photographers. And I get it sometimes you have to, but I think that consistency breeds consistency. And it really is everything, and I love to dispel the myth that there are moody photographers, and there are lightnary photographers, and there are modern photographers, and there are I don't know arts and crafts or cottagey photographers. What informs photography is the design. I'll give you an example, like light and dwell. They are based in Oregon. Oregon, by its nature, is moody to begin with, okay? It's overcast, it's darker. And so a lot of those images that you see with Light and Dwell are moody because of the environment and the design, it informs the photography. The environment informs the photography. The design informs the photography. If you're going to do a photo shoot When the sun is right above the house and your kitchen is right there and the sun is coming through, guess what? That's going to be light and airy, whether you want it to be or not. (laughs) But if you want that moodier, darker vibe, shoot in the afternoon. So, you know, we talk about, I don't know why something prompted me to say that. (laughs) I guess it's about relationships and consistency, But don't you find that, that it really is about relationships and cultivating the collaborative synergy between you and your clients? That is truly what is going to lead to success down the road.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about it. When you generally like someone, you're going to do your best work for them, right? You are their biggest cheerleader. You want to see them succeed. So yeah, I think relationships tips are everything when it comes to finding the right client. Love it. Okay. Another question.
1: What is the number one question or request you get from designers? And can you share your approach?
0: Yes. So the number one question I get from designers is how do I find the right client? Or more specifically, I get, how do I get in front of wealthy, high net worth individuals? I get that question all the time. So I think the more you can niche down, the better. So ask yourself, are you targeting wealthy parents with kids? Are you targeting high net worth people that are traveling all across the globe? You want to make sure that this type of audience aligns with the messaging and the photography that you're putting out in the world, right? Are you showing family-friendly living rooms with kid-friendly fabrics? Are you showing extravagant wine cellars? Think about what's going to resonate with this group of people that is going to be your ideal client. And then it's my job to show up where they are, you know, have a conversation with you and and try to figure out what are these people reading? Are they reading the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times on their commute to Wall Street? Are They picking up in-flight magazines in their airport lounges? Where are these people going? Are they showing up to Christie's auctions and buying art or antiques? Can we participate in a panel about luxury and interior design and stand out as a thought leader? What brands are these people buying and how can we partner with them and get in front of their followers? So that is where I come in and I identify what stories can we pitch to grab their attention? Are they looking for over-the-top kitchen designs? Do they want to know how to integrate the latest luxury amenities into their home? And do we have the right imagery to support this? And do you have maybe a couple bullets on how you would share your expert design advice? A good example of this is with the designer that I had previously worked with, Ahmad. He participated in the New York Kips Bay Decorator Showhouse. He invested in a specific amount of tickets with the intent to use them for networking purposes. Yes. So I took the time to curate a list of real estate agents from top tier agencies in New York, like Compass, Sotheby's, Douglas Element, and offer them these comp tickets in order to meet Ahmad, go to the Kip Space Show House, see his space, and ultimately build a relationship in which they could be referral partners in the future. And then another good example is the Brooklyn Heights Designer Showhouse, which I did the PR for back in last year. So different target audience, but same idea. We targeted local New York City colleges with focuses in design and interiors to attend a panel discussion inside the showhouse, that was moderated by an editor from El Decor and the designers that were participating shared how they got their start.
1: I love that. That is connecting with your audience directly. It's going where they go. Kind of thinking about how they move throughout their daily lives and what's really important to them. And You know, with that, you talked about trends, whether it's a kid-friendly living room or a wine cellar or, you know, how they wind down in their day. Are they going and reading the Wall Street Journal on their commute and they're going to, something's going to spark an interest there. So for these editors, when you are pitching, are you seeing, and today especially, and then moving into 2024, Are there trends that you see emerging either in design or styling or photography that can give designers an edge when they're thinking about that next design project that they need to capture professional imagery for?
0: Yes, definitely. But I actually, if you're photographing a project i would stay away from trying to photograph a home with trends in mind i think it goes back to what we were saying and which is consistency you know making sure that it aligns with your messaging making sure that it aligns with your aesthetic that the photographer aligns with that and then just continuing that throughout everything that you do. I think it helps when there's trends, but I mean, there's always going to be trends you can pull out. You can make trends, you know? So, and that's my job. So like I said, there's always a story to pull out, but I think at the end of the day, it's so important to be consistent in your photography and your messaging first, always.
1: So you heard it here first, folks. Megan (laughs) Shanley is a trendsetter. I love it. (laughs) So it's not about, because I just came back from High Point Market and it was a lot about the trends. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Right? Trends. And I even mentioned the paint color of the year. That's a trend. And what you're saying is the opposite. Flip the script, become a trendsetter and tell a compelling story to an editor why they should feature your trend your consistent message and story. Exactly. That's really powerful. And it's a completely different way of thinking about how you're going to start the new year. I've spoken with so many of my clients. You know, it's the third quarter. We're thinking about how do we finish strong? But not only how do we finish strong, but how do we start a new year with a purpose or a focus? And a lot of that generally is set by, the forecast of trends for the next year. And I love that we're thinking about it in a different way and thinking about how we can start a trend and be that trendsetter in the new year.
0: Yeah, it's so overwhelming to for a designer or for anyone to think, you know, how you should photograph a project, how it should look, what you should capture. And so I think it's really refreshing to not have all of that weighing down on you and just do what you do best and stay true to who you are. And, you know, we'll figure out the stories from there. We'll pull out the stories. We'll work together. It'll be a conversation.
1: Wonderful. Now you did mention that there are some PR professionals that work on a project basis, how do you work? How can people work with you if they're watching this?
0: So I do both actually. Predominantly I work with designers on a full scope PR basis. So that's designers that have 3 to 4 projects under their belt. They're full homes. They also might have a dropbox of other smaller projects that are good for pitching as well. They have a clear and concise message. They have established websites and social media. I do offer project placement, but more and more the market is so competitive and I am such a firm believer in pitching multiple channels in multiple different ways over time that, you know, I really think that it's not enough just to get one home feature and call it a day in order to have successful PR. But I I mean, I do offer it. I understand where the value is for some interior designers, but I am very selective in that. So I will only take on ones that I really think Really make sense for a particular publication or a magazine. Yeah, you want to both be successful.
1: You don't want to lead someone down a path, and you know you're going to be honest with them. And I I think that at the end of the day, they'll respect that and maybe think about PR over a longer period, more consistent period of time, which is the goal. So Megan, this has been incredibly uh, a wealth of information, and I think that everybody tuning in is going. If not, hasn't, will be taking tons of notes as they listen to this podcast. But for all of my audience that would love to connect with you, could you share all the places where we can find you and connect with you?
0: Yes, you can find me online at evergreenprconsulting.com and on Instagram at evergreenprconsulting. Fantastic. Well, we are into fall in New Jersey
1: here. Looking to the holidays, my favorite season, sweater weather, hikes in the mountains. Me too. <laughs> I know you love that too. Oh, yes. um, camper, hiker, I love it. But you and I, we need to go get some almond croissants, girl. <laughs> we have to make that plan for some coffee and croissants.
0: Yes, those were the best. And I think we were there for like a good two hours just talking. We lost track of time. We did, but it's wonderful to know you and call you my friend. And I really
1: appreciate you carving out this time today to share all of your wisdom and knowledge. And you're helping so many people just get clarity going into the new year, thinking about how can I grow my brand? How can I grow my business? And it really is through
0: consistency and becoming a trendsetter hundred percent. I can't thank you enough for giving me this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. It's been wonderful. So
1: have a great holiday season. We're going to definitely see each other through the
0: holiday season. Okay, <laughs> We'll right. get some cocktails. <laughs> we will. I
1: love it. All right. Thanks, Megan, for joining us. Thank you, Tori. Bye-bye. Bye. You just finished another episode of Brand Lift, where we talked all things branding, marketing, and design. Make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. To continue the conversation, head on over to my Instagram at photography. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. For show notes and any links to this episode and to snag your step-by-step guide on how to get published, head on over to ToriSykemaPhotos.com and get started on your path of getting seen and getting published. See you next week on Brand Lift.